Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us for Let's Get Moving. I have with me today licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Liz Hale. And Dr. Hale, today we're going to talk about the coronavirus and how maybe our thinking surrounding the coronavirus is maybe actually causing us more problems than the virus itself. Talk about that for a second. How is our thinking impacting us? Well, it, it, you're right. It's not just the COVID-19 we're afraid of. It's the changes that the coronavirus that the coronavirus are causing, Maria. The fears of being confined and isolated, alone, losing our routines and our normal sources of social contact and ability to make a living for so many. But, you know, I, I love this quote that the only thing more contagious than a virus is fear and hope. Do we, you love that? Yeah, I do love that. So how do we control our thinking. Well, manage our fear. Yes, let's talk about that. How, and how do we allow anxiety to protect and prepare us? In other words, I'm not going to come on here and say, let's just all meditate through this, mm-hmm. right? My advice is going to be a little bit more different today. For instance, how do you feel when you turn on the news? How do you feel? And I suppose it really depends on what we hear, right? It mm-hmm. certainly does for me. If I hear about the stock market crashing and an apocalypse, or I see teachers riding in a parade, going down their neighborhoods, waving to their students because they miss them with big signs. I, it really determines how I feel inside. So bottom line for psychology, whatever you focus on grows. Anxiety and fear, to tell you the truth, they really have a survival value to them. They help us plan. They help us prepare. And they help us protect, right? All of us, like you and I, we're using hand sanitizer. We're keeping our distance Um, We're doing those things that can protect ourselves and each other. Right. That preparation does help give you some peace of mind. A certain level is really healthy. Now, anxiety might be helpful, but panic is damning, right? And the difference between anxiety and panic, I think, is really critical to understand so that we strike this healthy balance, if you will. So what is the difference? Let's let's honor. Let's talk about honoring the negative thoughts and the feelings. The, the we feel the way we think. Okay. So again, it's not what happens to us that's distressing. It's our thinking about what happens to us, and that's as old as Epictetus, who was a great Greek philosopher two thousand years ago, and even Buddha has said it that we're not disturbed by the things that happen to us, but by our views of the things that happen to oh, us. Oh, no doubt about it. For for certain, right? Some negative thoughts are healthy, of course, and some are not. And healthy fear is not the same as neurotic fear. But let me just give you an example of things I hear about a a healthy, valid, negative thought, all right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say something along the lines of we're in danger of this pandemic and we have to be vigilant. 
to protect ourselves and our loved ones. That's a healthy, valid negative thought. Now, an unhealthy and valid negative thought would be, the world is going to turn into an apocalypse, <laughs> right? Right. So I believe it or not, there really are advantages to some of the distorted thoughts we think, but just notice them. Notice what your distorted thoughts are along those lines and maybe the, the advantages. I've I've heard this past week, um, some of my clients say things along the lines of, you know what, I can't sleep at night. I'm afraid my aging mother's going to die. I'm afraid my children are going to die. I'm afraid I'm going to die. Now, is that a possibility? Yes. Sure. Is it probable? Is it a probability? No. But when you keep it in perspective, it is about 1%. 98 to 99 of us who will contract the virus will recover fully. Right. So I think there's something to keep in mind just about uh, the likelihood of it. And we do our best to isolate. We do our best to keep our immune systems up. We do our best to give blood, right, to reach out to our loved ones. We do the best we can in times that are forever different right now. I think it's so difficult, Dr. Liz, because we are seeing things that we've never seen before. And, of course, that fear of the unknown is probably one of the greatest fears, right? But things like when you see um, in other countries them having to use um, military vehicles to transfer bodies oh, to the morgue yes, or, yes. Isn't that something? you know, spraying down entire communities with some sort of antiviral, I don't even know what the stuff is that they're trying, you know, yeah. germicide or whatever. Some of those things can be, you know, you're like, you have to take a second and think, what is our reality? It's Ooh, changed. Boy, it certainly has. And it's really another reason why I'm so grateful to live in this great country. You know, again, we have blessings left and right as we think about it. Our healthcare system, the the best, really the best. And our local leaders, our national leaders, we could all have political differences. But really, I, I see things, people doing the best they can. Now, I think really it's up to us to do the best we can within our own circles, within our own homes. And that's really my concern most. Even just kind of going back to some of the thinking in our head, right? We got to really watch the thoughts. Let's go back to that thought that a client said, "I'm sick. I'm, I'm sick with worry that my mother's going to die or my child's going to die." So let's just talk about the positive sides of that. Somebody who worries to death like that, right? Not literally, but figuratively. Is there a I, positive I suppose, side? Okay. Well, I know. I know. Think about that. So what does that mean? Someone who worries like that—that that means that that person is a very concerned daughter or mother or father, right? They have intense worry and they fear that if I just worry enough, somehow I'll keep them vigilant. I'll keep that person alive. I'll remind them to wash their hands. I'll remind them to stay inside, right? So if I'm the one that's got to be the worrier. If I wasn't worried to death, then I wouldn't be able to keep them alive. Exhausting. Isn't that something? But you can kind of see why we think it's protective. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice if we could keep the... uh, hypervigilance, but reduce the anxiety. And sometimes I think of just a magic dial, if you will. And when I'm feeling a lot of angst, I think about, you know what, I'm going to take this hypervigilant because this is serious, very serious, but I'm going to dial down the part that doesn't work so well for me. The anxiety that takes my thinking out the door, right? So I'm just, if I'm at a 10, let's go zero to 10 scale, I'm going to dial that down to a four so I can think straight and clearly. Yeah, I've done a little bit of grounding, Like when I'm starting to get very anxious, I start thinking about, okay, what's really changed in my world? Okay, work has changed. There's no doubt about it. The distancing has changed. But everything else pretty much is the same. I still have my wonderful family around me. My home is still secure. And so I just have to take into stock 
all of these things that really still are normal mm-hmm. and just try to try to balance my anxiety. I think that's great. And and in addition to doing that, where can we give, right? Where can we give? Like local restaurants who are doing the drive drive throughs. What what can how can we make a difference? Oh, for I've those seen that are so really many suffering? wonderful ideas that people have come up with. Uh, making masks for healthcare workers at home. Um, just all sorts mm-hmm. of things. That just such a generosity of time and love behind those things. Isn't that touching? And when you focus on that, it's kind of like just that that deep gratitude of like, wow, look at the people around me. They are incredible. And what can I do to make a difference? Some of those things I have about little mantras. I'm just kind of a mantra person, I guess, Maria. But I'm saying, say yes to the mess, you know? Because what happens is sometimes we get so stuck and I don't want this new reality. So I'll say, no, 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 I don't want this. This is terrible. The kids are everywhere and the house is dest- destroyed and they're being destructive. And why can't we go back to school? And why, 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 why? But experiment with saying yes. Like, yep, this is my new reality. Yep, we are in close quarters, and this is a serious epidemic, uh, pandemic, and um, we're going to make the best of it. I'm going to milk the time that I have my children around me because, believe it or not, there could be a time we'll look back on 2020 and we'll wish we had savored it more, perhaps. We actually played games as a family the other night. What a blast. We don't ever do that. I, mean, uh, I, can't, I don't think we've done that since my children were young. Right. I have young adults, but, you know, these are the young adults uh, coming together and playing, you know, board games. How funny is that? I think it's fantastic, actually. Being together at home like that, it really forces us to line up what we say is important. Right. Most of us would say, oh, family is absolutely important, but we don't live that way. Well, here's a chance for us to live that way. Right. To line up our values and spend time and energy right on the on the forefront of where things really, really, really do matter. I love that we can savor the slow and see the silver lining amidst amidst the serious. You know, another mantra I have is party with the people you love. <laughs> party with the people you live with, right? right. Some, if, if we didn't have great music and dancing every night in my home, something would be wrong. <laughs> I mean, that is our great stress reducer, and it just makes me so happy. Music does. Gratitude is another thing. We kind of touched on that a little bit. Gratitude changes our attitude. When you can't do what you do, do what you can. Again, it goes back to, I can't go to the club. I can't go to work. I can't go to church. But what can you do, right? We are so blessed to still have the internet, electricity, hot, hot, hot water. We have so much. We can tune in and, and see a museum tour. We can go to the zoo online. We can actually work out with a personal trainer online. So see what you can do. Focus on that versus what you can't. Be creative. Think outside the box. You can even do a virtual church service online. (laughs) We've been doing that. It's quite amazing, actually. That that is wonderful. The virus really has given us a chance to reset, remember what's important, and encourages us to reconnect with family and community in safe ways. I think love and generosity are going to win out, and hopefully will continue with us long after the outbreak is behind us. There are really some wonderful resources. Do you mind if I just oh please share them? Out? Yes. You know, I was talking about really what I was talking about earlier is cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Notice what your thoughts are. Notice what's good about those thoughts, those even the negative ones, and then say, okay, what can I keep and what can I dial down? Dr. David Burns is really the father of the Feeling Good Handbook. 
just a bestseller. He also wrote Feeling Good Together. It sits on my bedside. It's about couples and this whole watching your thinking because so much of our relationships are in our brain and what we do, flipping our lid. Look for quality resources for accurate updates. The World Health Organization, cdc.gov slash COVID-19. And then we mentioned this last time. I'd love to mention it again. The Disaster Distress Helpline is 1-800-985-5990. Stay healthy, stay well. Dr. Liz, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today.